We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a fryer. Let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Wow. Another inning fit for Hollywood. Dan, you brought your Rams back to Los Angeles. You built the world's greatest stadium. You brought together the greatest players and coaches. And now you've won Super Bowl 56. Congratulations. The Vince Lombardi Trophy is staying in Ram's house. That highlight was courtesy of NBC, and the Rams are Super Bowl champions. And luckily for us, someone local got themselves a ring. And it's nice. It's nice and we get an opportunity to talk with people that are out here doing good right now. Brian Allen, the Rams Center, joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Brian, congratulations, man. Now, how does it feel to be a champion? It's uh, pretty crazy. Still uh, trying to wrap my head around it and uh, you know, comprehend everything that's happening. It hasn't quite uh, set in yet. and haven't really had uh, time to because since the game's ended, I've done nothing but sleep, really, so... But uh, that's uh, awesome. Awesome to see uh, all of our hard work come to fruition and all of our goals come uh, come through at the end of the year for for our team. As you guys were making that defining drive at the the end of the game, what was the huddle like? Um, you know, we knew we were only going to have a couple, you know, maybe maybe two chances left at it when we were going out there in the uh, the fourth quarter, and you know, we were kind of stalling out since. You know, really, the second half we weren't weren't moving the ball too well offensively, and you know knew we were running out of out of time and had to go down there and get points if we wanted to get it done. And and once we we got moving on that drive, we knew that that was going to be it. I knew it was 15 plays or something. It seemed like forever, but you know whatever we had to do to get done was was getting done, and was was cool to see happen. What would you say that that Matthew Stafford added to you guys huddle and to you guys team? Yeah, you know, he just brings, uh, you know, 13 years of wisdom with him and, uh, you know, really helps settle everybody, make sure we're always in the right play and, you know, make sure guys are lined up right and it really brings a calmness and, uh, you know, professionalism to our offense. So it's great having a guy who's, you know, played as much football as him and, you know, couldn't be happier for him to, you know, get his uh, first Super Bowl after, you know, all the stuff he's been through in his career. You've got two guys, at least two guys on your team, I wonder if NFL players even wonder like how they're able to do what they do. I want to start with with Cooper Cup. Watching him win the Triple Crown as a receiver this season and knowing that you're a part of that, to given the quarterback time to, to get the ball to a player like that, do you marvel at, at what you're seeing and how productive he was able to be? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, 
I saw some stats they were posting this morning, just guys, you know, careers as a whole and, you know, people like Jerry Rice and, you know, other receivers of that uh, nature have, you know, never really done what, what Cooper was able to do in a whole season. You know, guys have been able to do it throughout their career, but never in, you know, one cumulative season. So it's uh, pretty impressive, you know, the year he's had. But you, know, you see how hard he works every day. It's it's no surprise the success he has. He's, you know, you know I like to think I'm one of the first ones in, but it's, it's hard to beat that guy in the building. You know, it's hard uh, – pulling into our facility and not seeing his black Mercedes be one of the first cars in here. So, you know, everything he's got, he's earned and, you know, super happy for him. Just glad I can be a uh, little part of it. I know that you're concentrating on your own work. I mean, offensive line and playing center in particular is really, really difficult. But when you're watching a guy put in that amount of time to get his footwork right, get his communication right with the quarterback, understand what the, the concepts are of the offense – is that something that even in a player at your level, like an NFL player, can can take and add to what it is that they do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think whenever you see someone working hard, it it inspires you, and you know, especially when you see it uh, translate to the football field, it, it inspires you to you know work harder and you know, kind kind of try and chase certain attributes about certain players. So you know, it definitely inspires me to work harder and you know get more more time in the film room and things of that nature. So. I'm grateful to be uh, his teammate and have learned a lot from him. Brian Allen of the Rams, the Super Bowl champion Rams, joining me here on the score for a few minutes. The other guy on that list is Aaron Donald. And I imagine during July and August, you see a lot of Aaron Donald up close. So what's it like to deal with him in practice and then watch him on game day? Yeah, unfortunately, I get to spend uh, the later half of July and early part of August with him every year. So, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a uh, it's pretty pretty awesome to be his teammate. You know, I've played competitive sports. You know, we'll say since I was eight. Um, you know, I, I've really never seen anything like this guy. And you want to talk about another guy who, you know, works incredibly hard. He's not just you know, I mean, he is God gifted talent for sure, but he he doesn't stop there. You know, he works incredibly hard and. You know, another one of those guys who, you know, you're always chasing, you know, work ethic wise and someone who sets a great example. But, you know, the things he does, you know, people want to argue and, you know, talk about greatest of all time. I just, I don't see anything without that guy being one of the, one of the best, if not number one, greatest defensive players of all time. He's, uh, you know, unbelievable. And the way he dominates people, you just don't see other guys doing that. So pretty awesome to see. And, you know, it's a relief when, you know, you see him doing it to other people and, and know you're not the only one, so. so. So, Brian, what is it? Like, take me inside of what it's like to, to deal with him on a play-in, play-out basis. Is it, what are the things that set him apart from other players that are good and some of them that, that do dominate games, but it's, it seems different with him. So what makes him different? Yeah, you know, his, uh not to get too advanced, but a, a really good pass rusher is, you know, able to chain pass rush. If you beat his first move, he's got a counter for that. If you beat his second one, you know, maybe he has a counter for that. You know, really good guys, they can maybe get to a third one. An average guy, he's maybe got one, maybe got two. But this guy just, whatever you do to, to try and stop him, he's got a counter for it. And it just rolls in, you know, simultaneously as you're thinking you got him with the first one. So, He's just so strong, so quick, you know, can get to his next rush, you know, faster than he probably got to his first. So it just creates a lot of problems for, for guys blocking him. 
So if, 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 he, if he can't get there with the bull, he might go swim. If he can't get there with the swim, he might go hump. If he can't get there with the hump, he might go spin. And it's coming right now, so you better figure out how to stop it, man. Your quarterback's dead, so. <laughs> That's the truth. That's 100% the truth, man. Look, anyone that makes it to this level has a, a supreme support system. So for you, growing up and, and playing in Hinsdale, who were the people that helped put you on the path that, to, to get you to this place? Yeah, you know, re- really just my parents. You know, they've always done a great job. You know, making sure I was doing things the right way. And, you know, if I wanted something, that I was working for it. And you know, I had two brothers as well who I, you know, got to play football with in college. And, you know, my older brother had an NFL career. And my little brother's you know, currently coming up right now training for the draft and, and stuff like that. So I come from a, uh, you know, a pretty good family who's helped me get here. And, you know, whether it was my brothers pushing me or my parents, I would have always had someone who, uh, you know, was never – never let me stray too far from my goals or, you know, what I wanted to accomplish. When you were a kid, who were the players that you looked up to or you said, I can be that when I, when I become an adult? Yeah. Um, I went to uh, my first Bears game. It was like the, the first time I, I really fell in love with football and wanted to do it. And there was some guy on the Bears who had the first, first uh, same name as me. So I was, I was a big Brian Erlacher fan. Didn't uh, know anything about him, really, other than we had the, the first name for a while, and he just so happened to be a pretty good linebacker once I you know, grew older and kind of figured out what was going on. So that was uh, definitely my idol kind of growing up. So Yeah, I can imagine. Like, you grew up in when those teams were – that defense was really dominant. I covered those teams. It was a lot of fun to reminisce over the fact that it's been 15 years – since that team went to the Super Bowl, and, and and now I get the chance to work with Olin Krutz. And, I mean, that guy was an absolute animal at the center position. So I was wondering if, if there was any, like, if that was one of the guys, once you figured out what you were doing position-wise, oh, yeah. you're like, let me no. look at that tape. Yeah, no, I, I grew up idolizing him. I, I, I know Olin pretty well, too. I've been in his gym a couple times in Lake Forest, worked out with him. So, you know, definitely being a shorter center, too, you know, someone who – they said was too small. You know, he was a guy who, you know, heard the same things and you know, told everyone, you know, that they were idiots and, and proved them wrong. So he kind of, kind of gave me a good blueprint to follow. No doubt. No doubt about that, man. I, I know that this last year, forget about the football, like what, what you were dealing with with COVID like was really difficult as well. So what do you think you learned from that journey? And and one, I'm, I'm glad that you're okay. And I'm glad that, that you won a Super Bowl, but this has been the last two years and two seasons have been strange to say the least. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a knee injury in 19 and you know, that kind of lingered into the, the 2020 season and definitely a you know weird time for me, not really being able to do what I wanted, but just one of those things you got to, you know, fight through that, you know, you don't really understand at the time, but, you know, afterwards having gone through it kind of, uh, you know, grateful for it and, you know, better having gone through it than um than not. What's the snapshot that you'll remember forever from what happened on Sunday? Just uh, you know, after the game, seeing the confetti, you know, being around my teammates, seeing all the all the smiles, all the happiness. It was uh you know, a lot of culmination of hard work and you know, not from just me, but you know, everyone, the whole organization. So it's a good day for everyone. Everyone was just super happy for each other and was uh it was cool to be around everybody. 
Walk me through what it felt like on the sideline on that last play when, when Aaron gets to Joe Burrow. So I was actually like, I started cramping on that last drive. So like my forearms and like quads were about to go. So I was thinking I got to get those out because we're going to go to overtime. That was my, my thought. So I didn't even know what was happening. I was with the trainers getting iced down and getting certain stuff shot into me to, to try and get the cramps to stop. And then I just heard everyone, you know, erupt and they're like, you got to go take the knee. So I didn't even know what was going on at that point. Defensively, I was, I was getting ready for overtime in my mind and just thankful I could, uh, you know, trot out there to snap it a couple times for knees. I, I'm sure that there was a lot of relief for you. Like, please don't call that second time out. Let's just kneel down on this ball and let's get out of here. Exactly. So. But, no, it was uh, definitely a relief going out there knowing we are taking a knee and, and it was over. So, Well, listen, man, I, I really appreciate you jumping on the show. I know that, that the, the Hensdale community is really, really proud of you. The folks at Michigan State are really, really proud of you. Of course, your entire family. But thank you so much for giving us a little bit of time, man. If you want to shout out anyone, feel free. The Chicago Airways <laughs> are yours, Brian. Shout out whoever you want. No, you're good. I appreciate you for having me on and definitely uh, – you know, thankful for Hinsdale and, uh, you know, everything that place has done for me. A lot of, uh, you know, special people who have uh, gotten me here, you know, from there and, and thankful for everything that I've, you know, learned and experienced there. So appreciate you having me on. Anytime, man. Good luck and good health the rest of the way, sir. All right. Thanks. You too. That is Brian Allen. Center for the Los Angeles Rams, who played at Hinsdale Central. He was fun. I loved it. I loved it. All those guys are gassed, though. Like, you know that they they partied. Sean McVay was talking about it. Did you see it, Brandon? It was hilarious. Where he, okay, so the NFL does this thing with the Super Bowl. The Friday before the Super Bowl is like the last time the coaches talk. And they talk at like 8.30 in the morning and they can do their walkthrough or whatever. And then if you win the Super Bowl, the MVP and the head coach come back Monday morning at like 8 a.m. And Sean McVay was out there like, I'm really happy that we won the Super Bowl. I've been up all night. Y'all are not getting three questions. I'm out of here. And I'm like, I get it. It's That's a hard thing to ask people to do. I just assumed that Brian was partying because I would try to get him on Monday. No. And he was like, oh, Brandon. honestly, man, I'm sorry. I cannot no, do that. No, there's no way. Not because the afternoon, but he's like, no, 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 not, no, not that. No, I'm grateful that he gave us as much time as he did. Let me tell you something. Like, Ol- you know, Olin's my dude, right? The amount of people that are still in the league that have worked with Olin is amazing. That man should be a coach. I'm, I'm, well, he's making more than 15 an hour doing what he's doing and has the best Bears podcast in the world, the No Name Podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you should. I said to Olin, I knew it was a mistake when I said it, but I said to him, at some point, I want to come to the gym. I want to go, and I just, I just want to see. I want, but, you know, now I got the back, you know, I got to, you know. You think he was just going to let you just come see? I feel like he would make no, you no, start no, working no. out. No, 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 I want to go for a workout. A Olin Cruz workout? Yeah. 
man. I'm not in any, any physical shape to do it right now. See, what had happened was, but yeah, he, he's up there training monsters. And now he's got a guy that's been at his place that won a Super Bowl playing the position. Got that right on his resume. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying he should be a coach. I know he's doing a lot, but somebody, come on. Hey, I mean, his old coach is now in charge of the Texans. Go down there. Hang out with Lovey. Yeah, do some things. But think about that. Like, that's, if you want to, can I depress you and the audience for a second, Brandon? I guess. There's a kid who grew up watching the Bears, who just won a Super Bowl. That was 15 years ago. Devin Hester is on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. He was a fresh-faced kid in the 2006 season. He should go in. Um, By the way, shout-out to my man Leroy Butler for getting in. He deserved to get in, and I'm glad that he's in. Brandon, put Leroy on the list for people who we need to put on the show. He better not big-time me because I go on their station all the time, and I ain't even in the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, that's a kid who grew up watching the Bears get to the Super Bowl, and he ain't seen them get back. So I'm sure he's savoring. It was kind of, Chicago was represented in some interesting ways throughout the playoffs. You had Jimmy G out here completely turning back into meatball Bears fans after they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because Robbie Gold's foot pushed them through to the next round. Now you got Brian Allen. Isn't the guy that one of the guys in charge of the Rams? I think he's an HF guy, too. By the way, Brian Allen is a free agent this season. Hmm. Just saying, Bears. <clears throat> well, and the Rams do have some cap situations they got to deal with. It's a lot of people to pay. But the first thing is they got to find out, is Aaron Donald retiring? Is Andrew Whitworth retiring? Is Sean McVay going to go do television? There's a lot that's going on with that team. But, hmm, this Texas says it right. Chicago represented everywhere but Chicago. Yeah. You right. You right. We come back. We'll do our two-minute report on the Bulls. And there's some more DeMar stuff that I want to get into. We will do that next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. See a lot of people on Twitch wanting Brian Allen to be a bear next year since he is a free agent and honestly didn't make that much money this past season. So maybe there's something to be said there. There's a little bit of breaking news that I wanted to share. Breaking news on the score is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Wait, I made that seem like it was my news that I was sharing. No, it's not. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, privacy 
simplify. This is really good news. And to tell you the truth, I'm a little surprised and I'm really happy about this. Marquee Sports Network reaches multi-year extensions with John Shambi and Jim Deshays. I'm very excited about that. This was the quote from Mike McCarthy. We're pleased to announce multi-year extensions with Boog and JD, a tremendous partnership that was apparent from their first broadcast together last season and will only continue growing stronger in the years to come. The duo share not only a genuine love for baseball, but also a distinct sense of humor and quick wit, making for an entertaining broadcast all summer long, close quote. I think Jim Deshays is tremendous. I've always kind of liked his style. It's understated. He's willing to talk through things from the perspective of an old school player in a new school world. He has adapted very well. And as a viewer, I feel like I get smarter when I watch him. So I'm glad that he's back because, you know, they kind of did a little bit of musical chairs. Like you look up and like, here's Ryan Dempster for a game. And you're like, what's happening. I'm glad that it's, it's Boog and Jim and, I think where Dempster's really good, when they have him do that on-field stuff, it's very enjoyable. I'm glad that Marquis has kind of brought that to the table. But congratulations to Jim Deshays and, and Boog, although we kind of knew that Boog was going to be back unless, you know, he got an, another, like, incredible opportunity at, like, Sunday Night Baseball or something. But he's back. Deshays back. The man want him back. I want him back. Reinstate the man. You'll get absolutely nothing for understanding that reference, except for my respect. The other breaking news is a little bit more complicated. And that breaking news is the Horizon League has reinstated UIC athletes, reinstated their eligibility to play for championships. Now, UIC is going to take Loyola's place In the Valley, the bylaws of the Horizon League said you got to give the league a year before you bounce or else your athletes will not be eligible to play in championships. The idea being you don't want a school that's leaving your conference to leave with a conference championship as they walk out the door. This has been contentious. It's gone back and forth between the league and the university. And what I think ended up happening is the better angels prevailed. And it was like, you're really making the student athletes suffer because of what the university is trying to do. I I wish I had more time time and maybe on tomorrow's show, I can get into it on a more granular level, but here's the statement from the horizon league. The Horizon League's board of directors voted today to restore eligibility of UIC student-athletes for all league championships. Quote, I credit our league's board of directors for prioritizing UIC student-athletes despite UIC leaders' continued actions regarding their move to another conference. The response from UIC leaders has been disappointing, disingenuous, and inconsistent with our league's values. At the end of the day, our league's board of directors realized that UIC leaders were not going to take any action to restore eligibility for their student-athletes, including by making a simple request to the Missouri Valley Conference 
to enter in 2023. So our board chose to exercise their authority to grant the student-athletes an exception to the agreed-upon bylaw. Close quote. That is from Commissioner Julia Rowe Locke. That is a strongly worded statement right there. But it goes to what I was telling you, that there's an agreement that if you're going to leave, that's why Texas and Oklahoma aren't in the SEC starting next season. I do think that will be rectified. It'll be sooner than the, what, four years they're projected to to be in the SEC. But it's because of that. The musical chairs that's gone on in college sports overall, everyone's going to move. But I felt awful for all of the student-athletes who were preparing for these championships. And UIC's got a couple of good teams that legitimately have shots at winning the conference. And seeing them, I think it was a swimming and diving team. Like, that's where this came from. Like, that was the first, they were the first ones to be kind of pushed out of this. Seeing that they're going to get a chance to compete is a good thing. There are clearly some hard feelings between the Horizon League and UIC right now. But next year, they will be in the Missouri Valley Conference. Okay, so there, we've gotten the breaking news out of the way. Breaking news on the score is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. DuckDuckGo. Mr. Fryer, let's hit him with the two-minute report on the Bulls game last night. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Over the midcourt line, this is DeMar DeRozan time. DeRozan driving down purple and puts it down with a right-handed slam. Oh, my goodness. Yakov Purtle is going to have nightmares down the floor, down the floor again. And it's Tamar DeRozan with back-to-back dunks. Website Dosumo 3 is up and good by Io Dosumo. Bullseye. DeRozan dribble drive, double pump, splits the defense, and lays it in with a left-hand left angle. That's the marvelous right there. He pump fakes. They both jumped. Instead of waiting for the contest, he just slipped through them. DeRozan one-on-one, 17 for the left side. Got it! DeMar DeRozan, put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame, and he's going in the hall, folks. What's it like when you're coaching, have a guy like DeMar who go on a run like that the fourth quarter where you're you know, playing back and forth, you can just take over no matter how many defenses they throw at him, he can carry you through a long stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing because it's not only the ability to score at the level he does, it's the IQ. You know, he generated a lot of offense. You know, clearly they, after a period of time, in the last maybe four or five minutes, they decided to trap him, try to get the ball out of his hands. But he's, like, not really forcing anything. He's making the right play. And that's the thing. It's, you know, it's not only the scoring piece, which is absolutely incredible what he does. The other piece of it is just his his basketball IQ, his experience, how savvy he is. I try to make a conscious effort of understanding, not just going up there shooting shots. I always analyze myself earlier in my career when I was, you know, when I scored and, you know, I used to shoot a lot, you know, volume shooter. And I used to always wonder, you know, why I had that label, you know, how you get that label and how you can get away from that label. And that's just understanding the shot selection, what you work on, rhythm, and Extreme concentration. 
Highlights, courtesy of the score. The Bulls win last night, 120-109 to over the Spurs. DeMar DeRozan with another 40-piece. Fifth consecutive game with 35 or more. He's up there with Wilt Chamberlain now. Super efficient. After starting one of six, he was 16 of 25. That's what he finished with. That's crazy. It really is. The whole thing, like his whole game is crazy. Vooch with another double-double. He was fantastic last night. Io with another great floor game. Kobe White knocking down trays, five for six. Really good night for the Bulls as they now sit a half game out of the one seed in the Eastern Conference. And I am now checking because my fear is Brooklyn Bulls 4-5 matchup. They've got a six-game, six-and-a-half-game lead on Brooklyn. So I just keep watching. I'm like, just don't end up there. Don't want that in the first round. Will Perdue was on the score this morning. He was on with Mully and Haw. And there's a lot of good stuff that he gave you, but there's some really great stuff on Zach Levine and his knee, too. But check out what Will had to say about the difficulty of dealing with DeMar. A lot of it that I enjoy is listening to him talk after the games about how even last night he broke down his shot to the release point, to the lift, to you know where the ball hit when he did miss, you know, which has been so infrequently as of late. And you just sit there and you watch these games. And I've talked with Darnell Mayberry and a couple other guys. You know on the scouting report it says, beware of the pump fake. Stay down. Just get a hand up. If he makes it, it's okay. Do not foul him. But yet he keeps going to the free throw line for double-digit attempts a game to help get those 30-some-odd points, to get those 40 points. But that just tells you how difficult it is as a defender to guard him because you get so involved in you know, watching him, trying to defend him, not letting him score, that he gives you that little bit of a pump fake. It draws you in, gets you up in the air. Then he gets that foul. And if you remember, they changed the rules. So he's not technically jumping into people like a lot of players. Mm. You know, he's still going straight up, getting a foul, whether it's with the body, whether it's up high. Yes, some of those may not be fouls, but that's the luxury he's gained from the officials because of the respect he has for him because of how he plays. Will's right. And when he said in there he loves hearing DeMar talk about his game, I said, well, let me go listen to DeMar talk about his game. And this is what Will was talking about. And you'll hear in here DeMar describing his game and how his game has evolved. I work extremely hard in all season at nights. We don't play. Just understanding the concentration, you know, when you when you miss a shot, understanding why I missed the shot. Did I get enough lift? Was it short? Did it come off my hands wrong? Did my gather? Did my rhythm? So many things click in my mind when I miss a shot. And me just understanding the next shot, what I need to do, whether get it up, whatever it may be, it's just me just analyzing and understanding my shots when I shoot them. Tonight, specific to that, like were the first six shots, were you not getting that lift? Was it the way they were defending you? Yeah, no, it was just uh, my first couple ones, I kind of short on them kind of rushed, rushed, rushed them, kind of second guess one or two. 
Um, and I just kind of buckled down and just, you know, just got to my spot and treated like I was in the gym by myself. Billy was talking about your efficiency level during the streak. I mean, the ability to score a lot of points on not so many shots. Is that, um, is there something about your game that, that kind of locks it in? Is it just a concentration level or like, is there something more to like being able to be such an efficient scorer lately? It's definitely concentration. You know, I just, I, I try to make a conscious effort of understanding, not just going up there shooting shots. I always analyze myself earlier in my career when I was, you know, when I scored and, you know, I used to shoot a lot, you know, volume shooter. And I used to always wonder, you know, why I had that label you know, how you get that label and how you can get away from that label. And that's just understanding, you know, shot shot selection, um, what you work on, rhythm, and extreme concentration. You know, out there is so much that go into play for me when I'm in those moments. Every shot that I take is a shot that I work on. I'm just not shooting a shot just to be shooting it. And I just try to lock in every time it's time to score. And he has done that. And he has been super fun to watch with his mid-range game leading the way. You know what else was cool in watching last night's game? I feel like Greg Popovich is the universal coach. That he, like a lot of coaches, just likes coaching players. I feel like if, if an op- and we've seen him do this, where he's gone to opposing players and been like, you know what you should do? Seeing him and DeMar, like, embrace after the game, see them bring Billy into the embrace after the game, I'm sure playing for – I should have asked Will this, but I'm sure playing for Pop is difficult, but I bet it's incredibly rewarding. Like, what it adds to what you know about the game of basketball. And the way that players react to Pop and the way Pop – reacts to other players is really cool. I feel like Pop made DeMar just, he elevated his playmaking ability. Like he talked about it even in post game, DeMar, how, you know, it's not just about scoring. Sometimes I also look for the open shots and I don't think he was looking at like that when he was in Toronto at all. So that's why I feel like Pop just elevated his game. Yeah. It's a, it's a great education that one would get if you get a chance to play for him. And he seems to relish, like, especially now, He's towards the end. He's got the USA basketball stuff. He seems to relish the teacher aspect. Usually, most coaches, the reason is that they have a a lust for teaching. And they want to share what they know about the game. Like, that's usually where it starts. And then, you know, you you move up and maybe it's about the money and, and power and all this other stuff. But in essence, it's, I might have some knowledge that can help you. Would you mind if I shared that with you? And that comes across when I watch Greg Popovich uh, on the sidelines, the way that he interacts with players is a very, very cool thing. There's another coach I want to talk about. I'll do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I love to spend time talking with coaches, and I've always found of all the sports that I've covered, basketball coaches are the most interesting to talk to. They're the ones that are willing to give you more information about the game and try to teach it to you. So a hearty congratulations to Doug Bruno 
who is the women's coach at DePaul University. He has been inducted into women's basketball, or he will be inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame on June 11th because whether it was the Chicago Hustle that he was coaching or DePaul's women's team or being an assistant coach on the women's national team where he has two gold medals, although I don't think the coaches get gold medals, but he was on a gold medal winning staff twice for Team USA. The numbers for him are incredible. 36 years at DePaul. He spent half of that time in the tournament. Do you understand that DePaul's on the women's team is on like an 18-year run of making the NCAA tournament? He's got 10 regular season championships, seven conference championships, two Olympic gold medals, four Sweet 16s. The guy is remarkable, and he's one of... Like, if you want to talk about, like, coachy, coach-type dude, if you're talking about getting a coach from Central Casting whose voice is always gone because he's he's screaming at the top of his lungs to try and make a point to his players about getting back and guarding, this is also a guy that really understood where the game was going. And if you watch DePaul basketball, women's basketball, over the last 10 years, he is done a great job of incorporating the three-point line. He's put a bunch of players into the WNBA. He's a phenomenal coach, and this is an honor worthy of him. Congratulations to Doug Bruno for making it into the Hall of Fame. I'll talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 